Hour number three. It's the big show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Later on this hour, um, we'll give you some hot dog eating contest numbers. Today's the uh, July 4th where Joey Chestnut shines the Nathan's uh, annual hot dog eating contest. The famous hot dog eating contest in Coney Island, New York. We'll do that. Uh, We'll wrap up our poll question. Who's the greatest American-born Calgary Flame player of all time? Happy birthday, America. But joining us in studio right now, Calgary Flames legend. <laughs> not born in America. <laughs> not born in America, no. Nope. Uh, Brent Cron, good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Uh, we're good. Yeah. Uh, that's that's Julian. He's in for Matt Rose. Yeah. All week. He's excited to be here. I know what? I just met him. Yeah. And I forgot Rose was in Italy or wherever he is. He's in Italy. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And I don't miss seeing that terrible mustache. <laughs> okay. All. Yeah. All right. He yeah. T- that took him some time to make it that did. mustache. It did. And he's proud of it, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you can't take shots. I mean, the man's not here. So I'm just uh, punching him in the dark. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a tough look. He, um, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. I have a, I know I have some big shoes to fill with Manny Rose. But uh, <laughs> when I heard you were coming in, I was very excited. I came to meet a uh, Calgary sports legend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I gave yeah, him yeah. that moniker. Good. Like, yes. I have definitely. You should uh, hockey DB me. You should really find out how yeah. much of a legend I really am. I'm not yeah. going to lie. I saw you come in, and I was trying to figure out a way to do that very subtly. Yeah. So you oh, don't notice. worry about it. People, people <laughs> in the city do a lot worse to me usually no, when I'm walking I, down the but street. But again, I, I've said this to you on the air and off the air. I think it's funny that people take shots at you, but you actually played in the NHL. <laughs> I know. Like it was for 20 minutes, but you played in the NHL. You know what? I agree. But you know what? I, I'm not a victim. Because no, you know what, yeah. I'm not. Because you know what, I, I I sit there. and If you can't laugh at yourself, who can you laugh at? Exactly. Right? You're a professional hockey player. Yeah. You you made money playing professional hockey. Yeah. Like there are so many people who would kill for one minute of any of that. You know what? When I got called up to Dallas, when my like my first little stint there with them. Yep. Um. And I saw my paycheck after a month of being up. I never ever wanted to go back to the American Hockey League well, ever yeah, again. Right. And they course. sent me and they sent me right back after yeah. that. I, I looked at my check and I was too impressed with it. I'm like, yeah. wow. <laughs> This guy like, needs to go. He's looking too close to his pay stuff. Send him back to <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Make a league minimum, just jumping out of my seat. Honey, look at this. Yeah, isn't that For backing awesome? up. This is amazing. Twice right? a year. <laughs> yeah. Twice a month you get yeah. that check. Yeah. Yeah. How incredible yeah. uh, is that? Uh, lots to discuss. Um, we, uh, we saw the Flames do not too much on the weekend. We're still waiting on Noah Hannafin. We thought maybe this weekend we'd see a Noah Hannafin trade. We didn't see that. We'd see maybe an Elias Lindholm trade or extension. We didn't see that. Michael Backlund's future is still up in the air. Is he going to be the captain? Is he going to sign an extension? How surprised were you that it was kind of quiet in Calgary this weekend? I thought it was an ultimate confidence move by Craig Conroy. Mm. Just because you have to do something doesn't mean you have to do it. And everybody looks at free agency and says, oh, we got to sign somebody. we got to do this. got to make our team better. we got to do this. we got to do this. And then they do it, and the season starts. Like, why did we do that? Why did you make a move? What's going on here? <laughs> you can't keep everybody happy. But like, he's a new he's new to the GM role, but he's not new to the Calgary Flames, right? Like, he's been in that organization for twelve years. You know, the guy's figuring out what he can and cannot do. And when did it become like not good enough to play in the National Hockey League? Too. I was sitting there talking with a buddy of mine last week. We were playing rec hockey at noon, and it's like all of a sudden, you know, I want to see if what the team's going to do before I make my decision if they want to be a winner or not, or what are they going to do to prove to me to keep me here? I mean, I, I understand that that's the the, right. the world we live in now in pro sports or almost anything, right? It's like, you know what? I'm going to make a choice. And, and I understand, like, the, the Lindholm or back. I mean, those guys don't owe the Flames nothing. The Flames don't owe them nothing. At the end of the day, it's a all business, business right? right? And I hate that word, 
but, but the, it is. But it is. And the problem with it being the only issue I have with it is the fact that we we know too much, but we don't know enough in the ter- in terms of like we don't know everything that's going on in the dressing room. We were led to believe that Daryl Sutter was the problem, right? They signed Daryl to a two year deal. Brad's okay. We know what? I'm out of here. I'm going to Toronto. And then all of a sudden, Don Maloney comes out and is like, well, you know, we're going to interview guys. And turns out, you know, Daryl might be the problem with this organization. So they get rid of him after they sign him for two years. And then the guys still say they want to go out. So there's a lot of BS you got to sort through before mm-hmm. you start making moves. Just because guys want out, you're almost hurting your hockey club, too, because the whole league knows, hey, well, you know what? Backland might be available. But we don't have to give them what they want for him. It's leverage. And Everybody right. knows that the, everybody wants to leave. So, you know, we're going to give Lindholm, what, how many weeks to figure out what he wants to do with his life? Like, I get it. I'm pretty sure it's not 100% like that. That's what we're hearing. I'm sure he's had a conversation with Craig Conroy. They know exactly where each other stands. It's just, we know enough to know there's a lot of dysfunction in that room. and But we don't know enough as to what's going on to fix it. Um, do you think that if Lindholm was staying and signing an extension, he was signed by now? Yes, for sure. How long do you have to wait? Man, like... And you got a year left on your deal too, right? I mean, the Flames for right now, I mean, they're the longer Lindholm stays with the club, the less, I mean, basically at the start of the season, right? They have to get rid of him at some point. Otherwise his, his value starts to go down because they got half a season. They got to lock him down. Yep. But I think he would, if he's got to know what he's doing, right? Maybe he doesn't want to play in Canada either. And that's fine. Maybe it's that. I mean, a lot of, like, you brought brought up a really interesting point in describing the dysfunction and saying that, hey, maybe Daryl Sutter was the problem, but like, it couldn't have just been Daryl Sutter. No. Maybe it was the dynamic in the room. Maybe Elias Lindholm. I mean, I don't know. Elias Lindholm, you're going through your first year without two of the best line mates who made you, who helped make you the player that you were in that career season that you have. They're both gone, <laughs> and you're trying to adjust to that. Maybe that plays a role into it, too. Also, I hate to do this as much as the Sal Dome has all that charm. It is not the greatest rink to play in. You do not have the best facilities to, no. to, to play in. Uh, and like the city of Calgary, great city. There are other factors that go beyond a head coach. And I'm willing to believe that if Elias Lindholm is considering all of that and says, you know what, I want to play somewhere else, it's more than just, okay, Daryl Sutter was here. For sure. A hundred percent. And and it's and it's I find it kind of Bush League where if you're gonna hide behind that and then say, Well, you know, now now we've got rid of what we thought was the problem and Daryl's gone and you guys still want out, okay, well that wasn't the problem. It was maybe a part of it. It could be a problem. Right. But okay, now what? Now what? Okay, so you need a new building. Okay, so that's kind of, I get it, but you're playing the National Hockey League. I mean, Phoenix is playing in a university facility, right? Mm-hmm. And you sit there and okay, well, if you're going to blame it on the building, that's pretty weak too, I understand. Like, you're still, you spend most of your time there, don't get me wrong, and you're walking into a dump, I understand it. And people, and especially now on social media, maybe social media only plays so much of a role on it, but like, come on, when you see so many of these other rinks in Edmonton and Columbus and so many it's other parts crazy. of the world, and then you see what Calgary's like, Yeah, like... Come on, you want something better, and you realize, okay, they're going to build that new arena. You might not be around to see that. We were right. we were talking earlier, like, oh, is it three years? Is it five years? Like, is Lindholm going to see that? T- if he, even if Lindholm extends for eight years, what are the chances he sees that rank? Hmm. Do do you want him for eight years? Look, everybody kind of in that sweet spot now with that with that age range that he wants term, right? Yeah. They want security, and and I understand that too. You've you fought your whole life, kind of, and and he's had an amazing career. I think he's a tremendous hockey player. Like, I'm not. Please don't misunderstand me. I just don't like how the, the, all this crap just gets leaks out. It's fun to talk about, yeah. but it, it actually, it, 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 I'm trying to find the right word. It upsets me to hear all this crap going on. But you look at a guy like Bertuzzi who signed and bet on himself, not saying Lindholm is that guy. He's put in way more time in the National Hockey League to, to be that person, but everybody wants term, and then they sign that deal. It's like, oh, good. 
This is what I played hockey for. I got my eight-year term. I get to ride it out. And once again, not saying Lindholm is like that. Mm-hmm. It's just everything is out there. We have p- pieces of the puzzle, and we only have the negative ones. It's like, you know, somebody complains to you about their relationship. Oh, I hate that person. That person's a jerk. But when things get better, you don't hear anything about it. Nobody says, oh, this is amazing, right? And we got the bad pieces of it right now, and we're trying to piece them all together, and it gets exhausting, and it frustrates me. Well, again, this is from somebody who wasn't here uh, the previous season. When when this team was number one in the division and winning a division title, did anybody complain about no. the culture well, on the cu- Calgary Flames? Winning cures everything. Well, of course it, it does. But that's what so I mean. Much. Yeah, yeah. It does. Did anybody say nobody wants to play in Calgary when this was the number one team in the, oh, in, in the division? It, you're 100% you're right. right. But you know what? Markstrom starts a season off and goes on a tear. And also, okay, hey, cool. We're cool. We're good. We're fine now. Right? It's like, I'm obviously a goaltender. I'm biased to goaltenders. Sure. If you like, if if Markstrom has another season like he did last year, this this where the the saddle dome is going to just spontaneously combust. It's just going to blow right. up, right? You need your goaltender to be your best player or a good enough, right? You, you can't cost you games, right? You can't win you one, but it can cost you games, and that would solve everything. Winning would solve everything. But I like that Conroy didn't do anything. Like why panic? Why panic? That there's enough controversy. There's enough dark cloud around the team right now. Anyway, he's doing his best to sort through it. He said he wants to get younger. But but you also said too, especially in the case of Lindholm, that like if you let that linger on enough, maybe the value does drop. I mean, there's one thing to say like, okay, well, you know, you didn't make any rash move or a trade or a free agent signing. The cap space may also play a part in that, even though you can go over. But at the same time, isn't there something to it that like if you let the situation with Lindholm like linger too Fester, long, yeah, or 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 Michael Backlund, and that's a whole other subject in itself, and 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 Noah Hannafin as well. You're also going to affect your 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 value. You're going to affect the marketplace. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's it, it affects the amount of teams you can trade him to, but absolutely. I don't think it necessarily affects the value. If Fair. if you have a bidding war for Elias Lindholm at the trade deadline, I'm sure there'd be a ton of teams lining up who would have more space to add Elias Lindholm based on where you are at the season and the salary cap. Maybe that's something you can explore, but then you're playing the dangerous game of, well, what if this team's in a playoff spot? You're going to trade your number one center. Away? Right. I know. But but then you're going to the Johnny Goudreau situation, which that's Craig really said he didn't want to run into. Exactly. Where, where it's all about asset management. And you he know, also said he didn't want to have multiple expiring contracts on his team. Right. And you know what? And you know what? Uh, the hometown club usually has a, uh, a tendency to overvalue their assets, too, because you, you sit there and you hang on to them. You, there's a plenty of pl- uh, players in the Flames organization where guys have been held on to. To the point where, and I'm not, I mean, Johnny, Johnny Gaudreau is obviously the easiest one to pick at, but it's tough to walk away from your stars. If guys don't want to be here, get rid of them. Well, I know I know you're not a fan, not that you're not a fan, but uh, you think you've seen the best of uh, Noah Hannafin. I know you've yes. you come on here and said it, and he's, he's a top four blue liner, which is fine. Probably never be that top pair guy that can, you know, take that next step where he was drafted, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Teams would line up to have For Noah sure. Hannafin on their team, but what is your thoughts on Elias Lindholm, would you be? Would you sign Elias Lindholm to an eight-year deal? He's twenty-eight years old. He's a number one center. Um, I, I kind of equated to real number one quarterbacks in the NFL. There's only about fourteen to sixteen who are really good. Elias Lindholm is on that list of the top twenty number one centers in the NHL. Near the bottom of that list, but he's still on that list. Would you dedicate eight years and eight and a half million dollars to Elias Lindholm if you were the GM, Brent Cron? Yes, I would. Okay, I absolutely would. I think he's a great two-way player. I think he had one bad year last year with the Flames. It won't take much for him to get back to that position. There's there's a, a new coach in place. There's kind of a new direction this team is going. Uh, I, I think he's a tremendous hockey player, and finding two-way players like that that can that can chip in offensively 
and do their job on, in their own zone. They're super hard to find. And you do whatever you can to lock a, a consistent player up like that if you can. He's not a guy that I'd be scared about locking up long term because of the way he plays the game. So at the back end of his deal, he's what, the team's third line center and he's still effective? Yes, agreed. He's, a Michael, he's, a, he's like a Michael Backlund. What, sure. do you think right? a, what do you think is a fair deal for Elias Lindholm? In terms of, you're giving him the eight years, but in terms of the AAV. For what it's worth, for, for comparison's sake, uh, you know, people have looked at his contract compared to like Bill Horvat's at yeah. 8.5 because the Benajad is like a little around there too. Dylan Larkin, a little around there, maybe a little bit more money. But basically, like in terms of the comparables, those three guys in their contracts are the seemingly the closest. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't, I, the eight years always scares me with any player you'd want to sign. Sure. I, I mean, six, great. Yeah. But if we can't choose, I, I think he's, he's an eight, like you said, eight and a half. I'd give him eight and a half all day. I'd give him nine. I honestly would. You give then, him nine. Pretty cl- yeah, I would. Okay. Honestly, I, but the problem is, is you got Huberto making four hundred, and you know he might have a turnaround year this year too. You, you never know. But a guy like Lindholm, the way he plays the game, I wouldn't be concerned about giving him what he wants. Okay. Who, who's got a who's a better player? You'd rather have contract and know he's younger, but Pierre Luc Dubois or Elias Lindholm? <laughs> That's easy for me. I think I think it's Lindholm. I, I think it's Lindholm. I, don't I, don't think it's right? I think Pierre Luke. Well, how, how many teams does he want to play on the National Hockey League before he's done? More or when he's on the ice and he quits? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, like when he's like it, he floats around and takes a shift off. Yeah, or two? that was such a bad look for PLD. You, you know, and, and you're sitting there. Like he's he's a tremendous. There's so many guys that have a ton of skill. You know, and and it's attitudes like that. I mean, you want him because you think maybe you know what? Maybe he'll just get it. Maybe he'll just get it. We don't know what he's like in the room. I played with a lot of guys that look like they're. You know, could care less, and they're selfish, and they're pieces of garbage on the ice. And then you actually go hang out with them. They're they're not bad guys. It's just kind of the way they come across. But mm-hmm. having said that, without knowing the guy and seeing what he puts forth on the ice and his attitude and the way he operates and what he says, and it seemed like in, I in, wouldn't want him. And it seemed like in Columbus too, just the situation there with that group. I don't know if he necessarily was vibing with all those guys. I mean, it's one thing for guys to just quit, but it's not like a guy who quits on every shift. This just one. We're 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 splitting hairs over one clip. Fair enough. A very a very bad clip. Right, but you can't. Clip. But again, you can't do that in in as an NHLer. Like where no. do you see no. it? No, like because right away that. you think of guys who quit on their like the right away. <laughs> well, and there's also the William Nylander one where he kind of let the guy breeze by him. <laughs> oh, yeah, regular season. Well, do you remember when Henrik Lundqvist pulled himself? I think he was playing against the Leafs. It, it could have been where he just. Yeah, I think he let in seven goals yeah. by halfway through the second period, or and he just skated off the ice and sat on the bench. <laughs> and I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting there like, what are you doing, man? Yeah. Right? But I mean, you know what? There's guys that are super competitive. I mean, Lundqvist being in a different boat than these guys, he pulled himself because whatever. But, uh, you know, the best teams I played on, and it, it's it's simple, but any any group of guys you want to be around all season long, you don't always have to like each other, no. but you have to have that respect for one another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that respect, and you got groups within groups, and you got guys just, you know, I'm going to look after my points. I'm going to be a cookie monster out there. I'm just going to go do this. Those teams I've been on have faltered pretty quick, and the Flames haven't made it out of the second round in what ten years. And you got a bunch of talented players that have been there before that have, they've had teams that on paper look like they're just going to be tremendous, and they've fallen flat on their face. And and this I I'll, I'll keep going back to it when I I I was looking just obviously at my phone when notifications pop up seeing what the Flames were doing, and I'm in my mind I'm just sitting there like don't I mean unless the right deal comes along or a player you're looking for. You don't need to move heaven and earth to try to make prove a point that hey we're trying to make this team better. Sometimes you just got to take t- taking time and, and analyzing what you have. And a guy mm-hmm. like Conroy, not being new to the team, right, knows what he's got. Doesn't have to make rash moves. Has the trust. I would trust him immediately. I've I've known the guy for a long time. Yeah, it's, it's, the people of Calgary have known Craig Conroy and the person that he is for a long time. 
Let the man do his job. Yeah. So you look at the roster that's there, and I get they had the one-goal games. They had the OT losses. Jacob Barkstrom could have had a better year. I know he's better than what he showed last year. Do you think with if Connie ends up more or less sticking with this roster, where do you think they end up in the grand scheme of things in a division that has the current reigning cup champion, a team like L.A., which has proven to be a playoff team, the Edmonton Oilers, who have two of the best players in the world, on their team. Seattle that made the playoffs last year and upset last year's cup champion, reigning cup champion. Like, where do you think if if you're the Flames and you're saying, you know what, we're not gonna make any rash decisions, we believe in this roster. They've said openly that they <laughs> they, they want to compete, so it's not a complete surprise if they do come back with a lot of those pieces. But where do you think they would stack themselves up with some of those other teams in the Pacific? You know what? I think they'd be they'd be scrapping for a playoff spot, a wild card okay. spot. Right? I honestly do. And I, I don't think that's a bad I, that's a bad place for them to be. Right, you 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 sit there, and at the start of the year last year, we were like, "Oh, this team's the number one team in the in the West. They're going to go all the way." And this look at all the players they got. And I, I did, including myself. And I thought, "My God, these guys are going to be unbelievable." Look, here's the expectation. Expectations are the worst. We all know that. You go out, and you, this is what your expectation is tonight, and you get everything, all those things lining up, and it never kind of goes as planned. It would be wouldn't be bad for this team to do it by committee to realize, "Hey, you know what? We don't have." The, the studs on this team that we used to. We have a bunch of younger guys, or they're trying to get younger. There's going to be a few new faces in the organization this year, for sure, on the team. And there's going to be guys that have to prove themselves. There's going to be guys that want to be here. They're not going to be guys that are looking at, you know, what can the Flames do for me to prove to me we're good? They're going to be guys wanting to come in and prove something. It's going to be hard. They're going to have to learn their lessons, playing against the team up the road there with McDavid and Dreisaitl scoring. You know, I mean, that's that's tough, but it's a measuring stick. And if they go in thinking, hey, we're going to have to work hard. We have to do this together. We're going to, have to do it by committee. That's the expectation. Our expectation is to make the playoffs. Our expectation is this, but it's not. Hey, we're going to you know win. We're going to win the the whatever the 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 Western Conference. We're going to be the best team. We're going to do this. This is our and that's all they see. You got to walk before you can run. And I think this might be a good spot for the team to be in. Well, I think just based on what they're going to do, what the expectations are, that's the fascinating part in all of it too, right? Because if Elias Lindholm goes, I don't think this is a playoff team. No, like again, right away you're missing your number one center and your picks and prospects. But if Elias Lindholm signs, then all of a sudden, do you uh, do you pick up the phone? Does Connie text his boy Brad Tree Living and go, "Hey, you know, you got a guy in William Nealand who yeah. apparently wants uh, ten sheets a year." Right. Uh, he was born here. His yep. dad played here. His dad loved money too. Yes. Maybe William Nealand would love money <laughs> in Calgary too. I like guys that bet on themselves. That that uh, honestly, like that, you got to do it tactfully too. But he's when he was going through that first go around with the Leafs, where he was like, no. I want this. No, nope, yeah, I, I want this. That. You know, and I and at the start of it, I was like, "What a jerk! What yep. a, what a, what are you what are you doing, man?" It's and then as time goes, I would I would want a guy that would bet on himself, yep. and and I, it doesn't seem like he's got any loyalty to the Leafs, and that's not a bad thing. He's not bleeding blue. I mean, I want to go play hockey. I want to go score my goals. I want to go have fun. I still get, he's got amazing hair too. I mean, it's it, <laughs> like it, it, it's sick sick hair, right? He Can you imagine flow, yes. walking? You no, know, that flow walking down whatever Seventeenth Avenue. Like the wind's blowing, breaking necks, or sunglasses. Oh, right, yeah. people are just rubbernecking them nonstop. Right, it's car accidents everywhere. But <laughs> I, I would imagine that you know he would, if the Flames could offer him that, they could free up some room, make some moves. Uh, Nick Hiprio says, and that's Brent Cron, Calgary sports legend, joining us in studio. It's the Big Show, Russick and Rose. I uh, know Rose, Julian McKenzie, sports at nine sixty, the fan. Um, Nick Hiprio said, would you really want to pay Jonathan Huberto and William Nylander $10 million <laughs> I know. on the wing? But that's going to be here now forever, right? Like you got Huberto. That's the thing. You signed Lindholm to $8.5 million. Or would you get rid of Huberto? You can't, right? And it's, he's had one bad year. He had the biggest drop-off 
in production in NHL history. So you think he's probably, maybe he's not the 115-point getter that he was, but he's not certainly not the whatever 55-point getter or 60-point getter he was this year. I, I think... 85 points is right. a reasonable that's expectation reasonable. Reasonable. for John right. Lieberman. So you're going to, and like once again, you know, at the, you know, he didn't obviously get along with the coach. That came out and whatever, that happens. Work through it. It's a fresh start again. His deal kicks kicks in this year, I think, right? Yes, yes it does. <laughs> for me right away, I would say absolutely not. No way. I wouldn't, I would not want to see that because, but having said that, like that's just my initial gut feeling. No way could we do that, but it would be contingent on Lindholm, but then you got yeah, if three, three guys yeah, locked in for yeah. $28.5 million. Because this right? is what I was saying. If Elias Lindholm is going to stay long term, and okay, then why don't you explore a William Nylander trade, which obviously Noah Hannafin and whatever else they want outside of Rasmus Anderson is something that I would explore from the Calgary Flames, because then all of a sudden uh, you, you can build your two top lines with Lindholm, Nylander, Huberto and Kadri. That's right. pretty good. That's pretty good. And that's pretty good. And if you have younger guys like Coronado and Peltier and Walker Dewar, if they right. take a big step, all of a sudden, you know, this is a team that can potentially be a force in the Western Conference. Or if Elias Lindholm's not saying, and again, this is I had a big rant on mediocrity yep. uh, last last week on yep. how fans and media fall in love with mediocrity here. Yep, for sure. If Elias Lindholm's gone, then tear this sucker down. I agree. And start getting picks and prospects. <laughs> but if Elias Lindholm's staying long term, and you can acquire a game breaker like William Nylander, because the Flames do not have a game breaker like him, they were missing that all last year. You stole my line. We talk about this all the time, but I was going to say I was going to lose. You, and I, have, to you the, and I vibe together. I, a lot. I know we it's have a lot of the scary. same thoughts. It's scary. It is, and I wanted to say it before you said it, but you said it first. But this team missed a game breaker last year. If, if Toffoli, who had a career year last year, is your game breaker, he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. He was valuable to this organization. Good on them for getting not getting rid of for trading him. Sorry, yeah. it's not. Like, but you need a game breaker, Willie Nylander. Loves to shoot the puck, loves to score goals, loves to fly around. This team wants to get more offensive. Conroy said that, or at least more offensive freedom. What, that, what does that mean? You still got to be responsible. But this guy loves to fly around, look good, score goals, give me the puck. I, and and you, you've seen him do it with the Leafs over and over and over again, right? This guy bets on himself. Yep. So what are you willing to give up for a, for a, for a Nylander trade? Oh, boy. I mean, I'd say Hannafin, but they got the exact same defenseman in Toronto, TJ Brody. They're almost identical. Hannafin's got higher upside, I think, so you're not going to do that. I think Hannafin would be a part of that deal, no question. I think he has to be. Well, for, He has to be, but I'm saying, why would the Leafs want to do it for Hannafin? I don't know. You find a way to... Do you take TJ Brody back? <laughs> you might have to. <laughs> you might have to. But for a year. Yeah, fair enough. Fine. Um, you'd have to give up, I think, somebody young, too. Well, yeah, of course. Right? And and I don't know who that would be. Um, Connor Zary? Sure. You know, you have to be a prospect that you know could can, is close to if, your lineup. If William Elander is willing to sign an extension here, outside of Rasmus Anderson, yep. Anybody, uh, everybody's open. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, yep. If he's willing to sign an extension here, and again, I'm hearing a lot of he's softies, whatever. Scoring goals is still the toughest thing to do in the National sure. Hockey League, and if William Elander played on the number one line, there's. There's no way he's not getting at least 35 goals no a season kidding. as a Calgary player. This is also a player who, it's one thing if he's a soft player, whatever you want to describe him. This is still a player, when it's all said and done, with those Leafs teams that couldn't get it done year in, year out. You know what people were saying after the end of, at the end of every every one of those years? Marner didn't play well. Matthews didn't play well. William Nylander scored goals. Yeah, right. And you know what? And I, I, I put the Flames and the Leafs in very similar categories with how their postseasons have gone too, right? I mean, not necessarily the talent pool, but kind of... First round exit, mm-hmm. second round exit. You can't get over that that hump. You make it to the second round. Oh, we're fine. Oh, and gone. You know, it's just 
you, I think a, a, a change of well, you're kind of getting me excited about this whole Nylander thing. Really, you are. <laughs> well, again, again, you know, uh, I'm talking like it's here already, but yeah. you know, but that that but like he we might want to play here, and people are saying like he he I don't know he was born here, you're right? Like his dad played here. There's there's connections. It's 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 possible, and I know he has a ten team no trade list, but that's he's, uh, contingent so, upon the player. It's worth exploring for sure, and you know it's, it's contingent on I'm like we discussed like Lindholm Absolutely. sticking around. Yeah, but having said that, he's you're you're you know people commenting about you know you can't trust in defense lane and all, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you just watch the guy skate, watch the guy play. You don't, you want everybody to be a two way player. There are guys that that get the luxury of just scoring goals, not really having to worry about defense a whole lot. Yeah, right. And there those are those are few but and that, far between. But that part of his game has improved. It has a hundred percent. It has. Yeah, he has. He's he's he has improved defensively. Uh, agreed. So if you put uh, Nylander, Lindholm, and Huberto together, it's I'm one of the best lines the in the defense. NHL. Yeah. Um, if you're putting him on a line with Elias Lindholm, a great two way center, once upon a time a Selkie finalist, I'm not worried so much about the defense. You know what? And you have. I mean. And it and it's Markstrom's going to have a bounce back here too. Well, you know, of course, all, all, all this doesn't even matter if he falls on his face again, and you know that's a very good possibility. He could also obviously turn it around too. I think last mm-hmm. year was his worst year in the National Hockey League, right? But uh, that's Brent Cron, Calgary sports legend, joining us <laughs> in studio here. He'll stick around. Um, yes, I want to ask him about Matthew Phillips. We'll do that after the break. Uh, we'll wrap up our poll question on who's the greatest American-born Calgary Flame player of all time, and I'll give you some revolting stats about the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, oh. which goes down today in Coney Island. We'll do all that next. It's the big show. Russick and Rose minus the Rose, but we got a Julian. Sportsnet 960, the fan. It's the big show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. You got a question about basements? Sure you do. They've been serving Calgary and Southern Alberta since 1992. Visit dlbasementsystems.com for a free estimate. Uh, we're going to wrap up the show with some revolting uh, hot dog stats. They're not really that revolting. They're just super interesting and a little gross at the same time. Uh, we got a poll question up at George Drusick at JKA McKenzie. Did I do that right yeah. on Twitter? In honor of America's birthday, happy birthday, America. Happy birthday, America. Uh, who is the greatest American-born Calgary Flame of all time? Craig Conroy, Johnny Goudreau, Joe Mullen, Gary Suter. Other, please write in. Over 1,550 votes on the poll. I like, right the, now, I like Johnny Joey Goudreau. Mullen. I like Joey Mullen. Yeah. I like yeah. that guy. Roller I, I, skates <laughs> I know. Hell's Kitchen. And I met him once, and I'm, I was a kid growing up watching him, and I just thought, like, I met Joey, and I'm like, my God, this guy's unreal. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, that's the voice of Brent Cron. Yeah. Calgary sports legend. Uh, no Matty Rose. He's on vacation in beautiful Italy. He actually updated our CFL fantasy from uh, the airport in Paris. Oh, he wow. sent us an email. Committed. On the, on the layover. Uh, but Julie McKenzie in uh, the rest of the week. Um, CFL fantasy. I uh, trounced Team Op. Uh, here, here's how good Team Op is. They try to draft uh, Nathan Rourke with a number one overall pick who now plays for the Jacksonville Jaguars as a backup. <laughs> Made some good trades last week. Yeah, okay, I know. We're, but we're trending saying, upwards, but it was a tough yeah, look. Right? Yeah, I, brought, I brought a piece of paper, and my team is stacked. Yeah. That's pretty much what I wasn't. Is. No one was going to beat 120 God knows how many points you had last week. Yeah, again. So, out of my hands. And again, my favorite thing is my team name is Toronto George, because some people call right, me Toronto, Toronto George. George. I, I've never been in an actual... Like fantasy football draft. I actually I should. Really? I, I, I've been in there once and I didn't like it. I showed up. I brought my buddy yeah. along who knows football. I I'm getting into it just because it's a cool thing to do. So uh, there's talk that they might start up a new Sportsnet 960, the fan league. 
How about you partner with me and yeah. we'll co-manage a team together? Well, you're being gracious by saying co-manage because I wouldn't do anything. Right? Well, I would be like, You'd hey, be here's our lineup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can be like, I'll be the general manager and like the president. Yeah. And you can be like a consultant. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, you can bring me in and yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd be like, hey, like I have a, like again, just you randomly Special tell me assistant. if I have a, uh, like a roster decision to make yeah. and I'll just make you as the tiebreaker. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it wouldn't actually be about, I'm really good at making decisions like that. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, tough decisions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> tough decision here yeah. uh, for the Calgary Flames, letting Matthew Phillips walk. That's how you do a transition, kids. You're welcome. <laughs> um, we saw a lot of that. It's terrible. We saw a lot of that on uh, social media. People are upset, Cron, that Matthew Phillips is gone. Were you upset? No, I was happy for him. Okay. Honestly. You know, I, I'd be upset too, being a Flames fan. I, he didn't get a great chance here in Calgary, right? He didn't. Yeah. Okay. Um, 25 years old. He'd been in the organization for what? How long? A couple of years? Since like, two, three years or so? It's about that, a little bit more, maybe. And yeah. lit it up in the American yeah, Hockey well, League. Yeah, you bet. Right. I mean, and he still didn't. I, I've played with a handful of guys too in the American League that are that are unbelievable goal scorers, great offensive output, great players, and they don't go up and play. They're usually there at the tail end of their career, kind of playing out their career. This mm-hmm. guy's young enough where he deserved a, a chance, and I know that you can't always pull a goal scorer in from the American League and put him on the top two lines in the National Hockey because that's they're usually those are those are kind of occupied you got to work your way up on the third and fourth line unless you're obviously lights out but uh, I didn't think he got enough time to, to really for the Flames fans to really they want him up you could hear it everywhere it's like oh bring up Matthew Phillips you got to bring up Matt look at him doing it and he didn't even get a really a big opportunity to, to show that in the National Hockey League but so go ahead but at the same time you know when you look at his his size and we were talking about in the last mm. hour where he doesn't have the shot of like a Cole Caulfield who's also small. He doesn't have the elusiveness of a Johnny Gaudreau. Don't you think those factors play a role into why he didn't get that fair shake? Sure, but we don't know that. We wouldn't know what he could have done if they wouldn't have given him the opportunity too, right? Sure, great shot. That would have probably helped, obviously. Absolutely. Right, but there are a lot of guys that have great hockey IQ that don't have a shot. They're just kind of in the right spot at the right time. Yes, he's small, but that doesn't matter in today's National Hockey League, right? I think I would like to have seen the Flames. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. but I uh, no. I think his size matters because he's small, but he's really small. Yeah, like he gets like bumped, he, he gets bumped by defensemen at the AHL level. Like again, I don't want to I don't want to sound like a jerk, but when he was on the ice in the NHL, he looked like a contest winner to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they pulled some okay. little guy out of the crowd okay. and he was skating on the ice. I get it, but he's way too small. Okay, so he's three apples tall. Okay, he is great. He's like, he's so, like a, yeah, that's a Smurf reference. Maybe like three apple bags. <laughs> yeah, jeez, that's but, a Smurf reference. It's okay, Julie. Him and I are in the same vintage. Right. I'm totally with. That's him. very true. Yes, but okay, so he's small. Give him like, oh, if, no, he, if he's lighting up, I, I agree. I, I agree. But give him a chance. Sure, they didn't. So now in, in his true. mind, he's like, okay, well, you know what? They didn't take a flyer on me. I'm sure he probably had a conversation with Craig Conroy. And Connie might have said, hey, you know what? Yeah, there's no room for you on this team. Go sign someplace else. Sure. Or, hey, we really like to have you. This is what we, this is where we see you going, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure, you know, he played for Ryan Huska. He, there's a relationship there, too. Um, but this guy's probably betting on himself a little bit, too. You know, sure. I, and, and for him to go to the Capitals and get an opportunity, he may be wind up in the exact same spot. Who knows? But we'll find out. I, I'm, when I saw it happen, I thought good for him. I thought it was good for him. I think the Flames, I don't know if they're going to be the the big part for me is that he just didn't get a chance to, you know, he lit it up in the American League. Could he done it in the National Hockey League? Mm-hmm. Maybe he can, but he didn't have an opportunity with the Flames, and so he's moved on, and that's his choice. And wish him the best of luck. And he may, like I said, wind up in the very same spot, or he might turn out to be somebody like a 
Marty St. Louis, but we won't say that out loud. Oh, right. man. But, but, but like if you're Matty Phillips, right, and you're in that situation where you didn't get that chance in Calgary, even being like a 13th forward in Washington, I'm not saying that's what exactly he's going to do, but like I can, you can understand why that could be a bit more appealing than being in Calgary again, For sure. right? Yeah, absolutely, right? And you know what? And a change of scenery too. Even though things have changed here personnel-wise, you're still kind of in sure. the same spot and yeah. you're still you're showing up at the same Rink, whether it be in the American League or whether it be, well, I guess it's the same, right? And now, and you're just like, okay, you know what? I would like some, I'd like to get nervous again. I'd like to feel like I got something to prove because I know everybody in the building. I know the security guard. I know the guy that sells popcorn and the hot dogs. I know the trainers. I know everybody. It's like, it's not complacency, but a little bit of familiarity. Why not get out of my comfort zone yeah. and not know nobody and go there and say, hey, I'm on my own island here and I got to prove to people. Um, I, I guess uh, to me, and, and again, a lot of people were upset. Oh, what are the Flames doing giving this guy a chance? But. Wouldn't you want it? Wouldn't you rather see Coronado and Pelche play more? Yes, for but sure. That, but like, who whose spot is he taking? That like, that's what I keep asking. Who whose spot is he taking? Like, that's a good. That's a fair question, right? Like, I I want to see what because I the one game I saw Coronado play, and again, I I'm I don't have time to watch like minor hockey, like no. like junior hockey, like I I I don't even really watch the Wranglers. I just care about the big team. Yeah, right. And watching one game yeah. with uh, Coronado, I know he has an any shot and For that sure. thing's a laser beam. Yep. Let me see that with the big team. Yep. I'd rather have a guy who has size and is a first round pick and is a guy who has potential to be a 30 goal scorer in this league instead of a guy who's who's done all he could in the American Hockey League, but he's five foot four or five foot seven, excuse me. Who might as well be five foot four in the NHL? But that's what I'm saying. I, I don't want him. And Jacob Pelche is a guy who's got a ton of energy, adds a lot of speed to this lineup. I want to see what I have in him. I'd much rather see those two guys get that ice time than what Matthew Phillips would get. Sorry, but that's just the way I feel Boy, about I it. Make a good point of that. Not to mention, too, in that one game, you know what I saw a lot of? Chemistry between Coronado and Peltier. If you're able to put those two guys on a line together, not say they're going to shoot the lights out, but if you're talking about what you're seeing from those guys, like the fact that they have some kind of built-in thing already, that's a pretty good thing to look at. And to bring it back to Matthew Phillips, where are you going to put him? You already have, like, even like Walker Dewar might have a place in this lineup. You already signed. I'd rather deal, see right? Walker Dewar play do than Matthew Phillips. He's going to be on that fourth line. Like, like Matthew Phillips at best, at the absolute best, would have been a 13th forward. We didn't even mention guys like Connor Zary pushing for a lineup spot on that fourth line. Adam Ruzichka was in and out of the lineup last yep. year. There's They want to get some younger guys in there. There's a lot of guys who'd be competing for spots with Matthew Phillips. And it's timing and opportunity to your guys' point, sure. right? I mean, is there room here for him? No. There's not. That's a big question. And it's not a slight against no, Matthew Phillips. It's not. I just, I'd rather see Good those kid. guys I'm get I'm just the happy that, that, you know, if he had the opportunity to sign here and he got he chose to move on, he's at the point in his career where he probably sees Good the exact him. same thing. Where it's like, hey, you know what? He did the math. He's like, you know what? It's going to be pretty hard for me to crack this lineup. Sure. I'm going to go someplace where I have a better, I think I have a better opportunity and yep. lay it all on the line and see what good on him. Um, I love, uh, there's a lot of negativity, uh, shocker, on the, uh, the text line <laughs> about our William Melander conversation. <laughs> yeah, I, of course. Let me just say this. Uh, people negativity. are saying, like, uh, never going to happen. Why we want that? It, like, I know this, I've been long, I've been here long enough to realize this. If William Melander got traded to the Calgary Flames, people would be, like, popping bottles uh, during Stampede. <laughs> Some of those Celebrating William Ely. Yeah, they'd be like, I love this trade. It's <laughs> awesome. The same people yeah. who were all like, tear the team down. This team sucks. Yeah. Rebuild. They see that trade go through for William Nylander. What? <laughs> yeah. What? Fire engine noises. <laughs> yeah. Pumping. But shoulders being blown out with people pumping their fists so hard. The parade's Friday. You can't bring him in soon enough. Yeah. He gets a big horse. He but gets I'm to ride yeah. through. Absolutely. Right. They That's do that. Saying. I'm down with it. I'm down with it too. If I like it, it. Yeah. 
I mean, it's just what they need. But it makes sense to me. Yeah, it makes he wants it, to come if he wants to come. All, but it's all predicated on Elias Lindholm's right. future, which it's like yeah. that. That stuff that just I know that's the way it works. Yeah, but isn't isn't leverage a beautiful oh, thing? Oh man, and it, it's, it's not like even Lindholm's thing in fault. Life. You know, you can't even blame the guy. Yeah, it's just the way it is. Yeah, you know. Like leverage in life is beautiful. Yeah. Oh yes, it is. Whatever it is. Um, yeah. And when you know you have it, and you don't have to say anything, you're just like, hey. Mm, yeah. You know, I'm just got one hand on the wheel right now, and I'm going to take just a bit of a bit of a left here. Yeah. And then a bit of a right, and you're just going to have to sit here long for the ride until nine I... two five million. <laughs> yeah. You got to pay yeah. me that. Hey, did you guys talk about? I guess you haven't had a chance to. But July first is is Bobby Bonilla's basically his oh, yeah. his, his monster. Yeah, he gets like one point three yeah. million dollars every from year. The, was it from the Mets or something yeah, like that? Yeah, because deferred like, contract he signed, and it's it's like deferred for, payment. Yeah, till like twenty thirty five. And Isn't the guy it awesome? was like, "Are you Bobby kidding Benita. me?" Yeah, it's the best thing ever. You it know, is. I, 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 and I always forget about, it, and then I get the notification that it's like, "Hey, Bobby's July just 1st. cashing in again today." You're like, yep. "Good on you! What a legend!" Yeah, the fact that he's still alive to be able to get just a million bucks a year for well, hanging look, out. Look what happened to Mario Lemieux. The Penguins owed him so much money that he, he's like, actually, I don't need the money. Just give me some ownership stake. Yeah. And now what are the Pittsburgh Penguins worth? <laughs> Super know. smart move by Mario Lemieux. <laughs> right. right. Where, where yeah. Michael Jordan, they're talking about him with when he owned the, right? He, the, Char- the Charlotte uh, Hornets. Yeah. yeah. Oof, what a terrible job he's done uh, as an executive. Uh, he's but he's the, ca- terrible. Cashing out, though. Yeah, but that guy has, like, he's got too much money, Michael Jordan. He's I agree. okay. That's why he's, that's he's, why he's lost millions he's okay. of dollars again. Yeah. He's fine. He'll, he'll do gambling. all right. He goes, I don't have a gambling problem. I have a competition problem. <laughs> so I want to beat the dealer at the blackjack. That's what he said. <laughs> what do you think all that Jordan stock is for? Yeah, of course. Yeah. He's fine. Michael he's Jordan's good. fine. Yeah. Michael Jordan. Uh, we got some time here uh, before we go. Uh, the poll results are in, Frank Cron. Oh, good. Uh, we asked, in honor of America's birthday, who is the greatest American-born Calgary Flame of all time? Craig Conroy, Johnny Goudreau, Joe Mullen, Gary Suter. What say you, Brent Cron? Well, I'm... I'm... <laughs> I don't know enough about Joey Mullen to say he's the best, but he won a Stanley Cup. Scored 50 goals. Scored, right. For my money, he's my guy. Okay. He's my guy. I think Johnny's going to win this competition. I haven't seen it. If you're looking at who the best American-born player is to play, it's going to be Gaudreau, I think, for the most recent fan base. Yep. But my vote, if it counted for 10 million points, would be Joey Mullen. Uh, yeah, we, got, uh, we had 1,564 votes on this poll. That's a lot. Uh, Johnny Goudreau, 49.7% say it's Johnny Hockey, the greatest American-born Calgary Flame of all time, who won absolutely zero here. Hey, but scored a lot of points. Won a round or two. Oh, sorry. I misunderstood your question. Yeah. Yeah, Pardon me. Yeah, American-born player. That's it. (laughs) I I got a lot of uh, Brett Hall on the text line. Uh, Brett Hall was born in Belleville, Ontario. Right. So, yeah, Brett Hall was a fake American because Canada didn't want him to play on the team. Yep. And then he scored the high-stick goal to beat Canada in 96, the World Cup final. World Cup of Hockey that it was called back in the day. He scored a few controversial goals in the foot in the crease against. Yeah. The they got, you know, they got to bring that rule back. I love that rule. It was great. <laughs> oh man, it was yeah. one of the best rules you in the NHL no. history. Oh, your toes in the crease no. on the other side. No <laughs> goal. <laughs> I know. No you want to watch people flip because nobody knew what the rule. I mean, no foot's in the crease. It's no or, goal. What about wasn't when, that the rule switch like halfway through the year too? <sighs> what about when the skate was levitating over the crease <laughs> right? and they called no Is it goal. in? Is it not? Oh, I don't that know. That was awesome too. I don't know. It's so good. If there's anything we need is to add more nuance to oh, these rules. Man. I think you take out all video review and you just leave it up to the referees no. and just make but it. But you can't do that because then like they're going to get so much more wrong. Fine. No, you can't have all that stuff go wrong. It can't be perfect. That's what makes it so good. No, but at the same time, you can't say you 
You can't say not everything can be perfect. You can say that until a call goes wrong yeah. for your team, and yeah. then you're like, you're gonna be like, way she goes. You know no, you can, you can, you can't do that. You can talk amongst it, amongst your talk about it amongst your buddies, like the two referees and the two line, and you can sit there and have a huddle and over call or overturn a call they made. Or you can have at least some sort of video review system that can at least ensure that you get the call but, right. But they have it now, and they continually screw up every single time. It's like you listen to anybody who says, "Oh, that's the rule, 37B. His arm was too high above his head, or whatever. He's skating." too fast yeah. or something and they review it and it's like oh actually that's good and you're like how does that work but the margin of error like would increase if you don't have sure a fail safe like a video review system you're you're inviting more bad calls chaos yeah. you're inviting human error what more human error what to you're inviting in is emotion because it's pretty robotic out there i would i have no problem with robot umpires in baseball if we yeah, get they, to that point they need those and i wouldn't have no problem with robot uh, referees, if it got to that point. Listen, <laughs> so I, I have no problem <laughs> yeah. with, Listen. With, with a lack of emotion from the people who are judging these Listen, games. I welcome, no, I'm talking about the, the players. Even then, yeah. we still have enough emotion. Put in the robots to rule over that stuff, and then let's see where it goes from there. We're gonna we're in this world where AI is taking over. We want to do that? Put that towards officiating. Listen, I welcome our uh, artificial intelligence overlords <laughs> to welcome you, as they would try to cut, crush, kill, destroy the human race. Yeah. But I welcome our overlords uh, now. <laughs> yeah, I want to make well, that clear. Yeah, yeah, I'm on, I'm on board. your side. Yeah. And you need a radio guy? <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Uh, today is uh, America's birthday. Uh, happy birthday, America. America. Um, Joey Chestnut uh, is going for his remarkable um, 16th uh, mustard belt. <laughs> That's so at the names. Is that, is that the top belt? Like yeah, it's the mustard in the belt. hot dog eating world is yeah. the mustard oh, belt. Yeah. The, it's, 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 the, it's the Masters, it's Wimbledon, it's the Super Bowl, it's the Stanley Cup final, all rolled into one. Ah, I see. Like, that's how prestigious. Tell you what, that you walk is. into ranchmen's with that belt? Yeah. Free drinks. Game on. Um, right? The, uh, you get to pick yeah. what you want. <laughs> he's a savage, Joey Chestnut. Uh, he's only in his late 30s. He looks a lot older. But putting your body through that uh, just. Horrendous. Uh, you have to train for that too. I guess he does eh? train. Yeah. I've yeah, interviewed him. Yeah, he like does muscle exercises with his mouth, like lifts weights with his like jaws and stuff. Wow, that's to, commitment to, right to there. To get the things down uh, his his gullet. Uh, here's some statistics that are really gross. Um, since 2005, Joey Chestnut has eaten 1,152 hot dogs, and wow. that includes the buns in the event. That's it. You probably have to go for you. He, he what would do you mean be, that's it? That's 1,152 hot dogs since 2005. <laughs> <laughs> well, one day of the year, Julian. That's true. What, you, what, yeah, what does true. his doctor say when he goes in for his annual checkup? Hey, listen here, Julian. Like, you got to lay off the hot, you got to lay off the dogs a little bit. Yeah. Oh, so I've interviewed him. I've interviewed him. Um, it was like my the, the pinnacle of my broadcasting career. Absolutely, yeah. And I asked him, I go, what happens when you eat all that food? He's like, you wouldn't want to sit beside me on a plane on the way home. Of course not. Because yeah. it stays in him until, it, until it's out. Until it's out, really, yeah. Which is really revolting. Um, here we go. Um, the competition from Nathan's Hot Dogs, uh, the hot dogs are 6.75 inches long, which is above average. Uh, the length <laughs> of hot dogs eaten by chestnuts uh, chestnut, not chestnuts, uh, equals uh, 7,776 inches or 648 feet. By comparison, that's the distance of dead center field at City Field and Yankee Stadium, 408 feet. Distance of Aaron Judge's longest home run ever is 496 feet. And the height of the Statue of Liberty is only 305 feet. So uh, he eats uh, more uh, feet and hot dogs than uh, those things wow. one day. 
It's the OG Glizzy Gopher, man. Yeah, which is uh, incredible. Um, in 2022, he ate 63 hot dogs and buns. That's the one where he was fighting off the the protester at the same time right. while he was on crutches with his leg injury, <laughs> which is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Um, Calories-wise, he'll consume 18,270 calories in 10 minutes, approximately. The sodium levels must be off the track. Yeah, his eyes must be swollen shut when he oh wakes up in the morning. Oh, my God. What do, what do you, like, when Joey Chestnut doesn't have to eat competitively, what does he eat? That like, does he enjoy a hot dog regularly? Yeah, like, he does. I've asked him that question. And like, what does he put on his hot dog? Like when he's just chilling, like just like you know, I'm uh, just he to make likes a hot dog he likes mustard. He I'm likes mustard, mustard on his hot, hot dogs. dogs. Like I'm still I'm still a ketchup guy on my hot dogs first and foremost. Yep, because I'm a child. I was about to say, but like, I that's something you do when you're five. Yeah, like ketchup I get and it, mustard, and I get though. it, and I get it. Uh, Julian's from Quebec, and I know at the Bell Center they have the best hot dogs. I yes, get absolutely. It. Ooh, la, la. Yes. Absolutely. You know, yes. it just going uh, about an hour and a half up the road to Red Deer. Uh, yeah, they have some remarkable dogs there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, uh, if we had to do it, like honest answers, how many hot dogs do you think you could eat in ten minutes? If you had to. Let's ask Julian first, and then we'll go to Brent Oh, man. Okay, I got 10 minutes to chomp down on these hot dogs. I think I could eat at least eight in 10 minutes. Oh, okay. That's a challenge. I'd I'd say 10 or 11. You think you could eat that many? Yes. Okay. How many think you could legitimately eat? In 10 minutes, minutes? yes. Despite my size, I don't have a monster appetite. Mm. Um, I would say eight is probably all I could do. I'd have to eat it really fast, too, before it even hit my stomach. Yeah. Right. Right, that would be the that would be the game changer for me. I couldn't allow myself to get full because the second I started to swell up, mm-hmm. would be game over for me. So if I could smash eight down the gullet right away, I could probably do more. It's a eight would be the minute would be the minimum. I could probably go over. I could probably go over. You know, I'm gonna cap it at nine or ten. Maybe ten or twelve is a bit too yeah. ambitious in ten minutes. Um, what's the food that you could definitely uh, eat a ton of that aren't hot dogs? Oh man, Tortellini. what's that? Tortellini. How many pounds of tortellini could you eat in 10 minutes? I don't even know the scale. Is it cheese or meat tortellini? Meat. Okay. Yeah. I don't even know the scale to which they're weighed. I mean, I eat a lot of it. Okay. That's my wheelhouse. Tortellini. Uh, That is my... If I'm going to the electric chair tomorrow, Mm -hmm. I'm ripping over to my buddy's restaurant and eating all... What would be your last words? And you know, if you survive the electric chair, I'm you're alive. free to go. I'm free to go. Right? <laughs> you go. Yeah. It's true. If you survive a death penalty, you're free to go. More. Oh my god, that was your sentence, right? You just get shocked really bad, and you're yeah. like, "All right, well, don't do it again." Right. See you later. French fries would be my answer. Really? Yeah. Really? I would. I I can go through all those things. All those French fries with their crinkle cut, regular julienne fries, the small little scrimpy ones. I will. I will devour. Like I could easily devour my weight in French fries. Really? Easily. Um. Let me just uh, leave you with a couple uh, really gross ones. Um, that Joey Cheston owns the world record for. Uh, he ate 18 pounds uh, of 9.6 ounce shrimp cocktails <laughs> in eight minutes. He ate 18 pounds of shrimp cocktail in eight minutes. And when you when you picture this guy, you think that he would be a bit of a larger man. No, he's no, he's he's he's, he's, he, he's, he's, he's not morbidly he, obese. He no. he looks like he is in good yeah. shape. Um, you, he ate 47 grilled cheese sandwiches in 10 minutes. And here's one that's near and dear to your heart, Julian. He ate 28 pounds of smokes poutinery poutine in 10 minutes. Putsin, he ate damn. 28 pounds of poutine in 10 minutes. I'm sure you've had poutine, Kron. Yes, like, like, come I on, have, that's heavy. That's too much. Heavy. I can barely get through a basket, one single basket, without yeah, having the sweats. Nah, right? man. Right? You know, and 
what's this guy? I mean, is he? Is he what's his marital status? Is he married? I would imagine he'd be. I like, don't know if he's children. Married. You know how? Maybe. What, do you, what does your dad do for a living? Oh, he eats forty-seven dogs in ten minutes. And he smashes a million cheeseburgers, and that's what he does. Can you um, imagine coming imagine, into your grade two class? What does your dad do? Yeah, I was about to say, like, yeah, real quick. Funny, your dad a glizzy gulper. <laughs> your yeah. dad just eats glizzies for a living. Just getting poked uh, fun. <laughs> real quick, uh, before we go, to me, um, Furious Pete is the best competitive eating name. <laughs> Furious what, Pete. What would be your competitive eating nickname? Oh, boy. Oh, man, on the spot here. I got one for you, and I'm going to buy you time, because I'm from Niagara Falls. There's yeah. a Niagara Gorge and Niagara River. I see. Uh, Niagara, uh, George of uh, the Gorge Russick is ah. in the Niagara Gorge where I'm from. And a gorge is so vast, you can just hammer food into it. Oh, man. Is, I, don't, I can't think of, a, of an immediate thing with Jay with regards I, You know, to that's food. something I wish I could have opened up to the text line earlier. Yeah. What would yeah. Brent Cron's competitive eating right. game be? You're putting me on the spot the first night. I'm from a little town called Winkler, Manitoba. Okay. In, in Manitoba. Obviously, I'd be the Winkler Wonder, perhaps. Ooh, oh, see, Ooh, that's good. Yeah, Brent, Winkler, Winkler Wonder. Yeah, perhaps. Wow. Uh, just I'd be like the Juggernaut Julian or something. But also, I get it. Like <laughs> yeah, Julian, yeah. the Juggernaut. <laughs> but I also yeah. understand uh, in certain parts of the world, Juggernaut is not a liked word. Okay, uh, we'll leave it at that. That's a CJ show reference. Okay, um, I don't. I don't get it. But I'm sure there's the Marvel there's, universe. There's, yeah, there's a story. <laughs> but by the way, I saw Indiana Jones on the oh, weekend. Did you sucked? I, I, yeah, I, I heard it sucked. You know what? Sucked. What, what we sucked. did on the weekend? We watched all the Transformers, then went to go watch the new one. Oh, is it good? It's sucked. all right. It's is, all right. Is Megan Fox in the new? No, one? no, no. He was in the first one. Though. First two. First two. First two. That first one. Yeah. Yeah. The only good Transformers movie they've had in the last few years, they did like a soft reboot with a. Um, Bumblebee with like Haley Steinfeld and yeah. like John Cena. That was actually pretty. That wasn't good. bad. That yeah. was not bad. What about the new Spider-Man movie? You seen the new Spider-Man movie? No, I haven't. Oh, watch it. Really? It's, it's really good. What the cartoon? Yeah, like the multiverse oh, okay. one or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's really good. I saw the first one. Yeah, the, you know, it, I've had such. I love used to love movies. Yeah. You know, I've had such a hard time getting into movies in the theater lately. I mean, it's just you know, it's really good. Uh, watch the Spider-Man that's got all the Spider-Man in it. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I like that. It's, it's good. Tobey Maguire Toby, and yeah. Andrew oh, yeah, Garfield, so, yeah. oh, Tom Holland. Yeah, yeah. the. Uh, Away from home or not yeah. far from home, yeah, or something from really home. good, yeah, close to home, yeah, but um, into and across the Spider Verse are worth watching. Okay, um, okay, uh, we got to go. Uh, what do you got coming up at Mucho Big Show there, uh, Patrick? Uh, I got Ben Shulman talking a little Blue Jays as they get ready to play the mm. White Sox for three, and then the Tigers for three, and then it's the All Star break. Uh, all right, uh, that's it for us. Uh, thanks to the Winkler Wonder, uh, Brent Braun, <laughs> that's a Julian the Juggernaut McKenzie, who's back tomorrow. I'm George the Gorge Russick. Uh, Mucho Big Show's next. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog.